Hello, welcome to the Limelight Podcast. I am Kepu Lauti, and today we have a professional dancer and cheerleader, Erica Lauti. Uh, she danced first, first started dancing with the University of Utah, then moved to the Utah Jazz, even danced and cheerleaded with the Arizona Cardinals. And now currently she is with the Denver Broncos and going through her dance experience and her dance uh, career. She kind of experienced having eating disorder and going through depression after losing her father during this crucial time. And she talks about how she was able to get counseling and seeking help and being humble enough to do so and the importance of reaching out and getting that counseling and building a support system as well through family and having trusted people around her. And please welcome our guest today, Erica. Hello, hello. This is Kep with the Limelight Podcast. Today I have Erica Smith future it'll be Erica Lauti once the paperwork goes through right <laughs> and um, she is currently Broncos cheerleader uh, she was with Arizona Cardinals before and jazz you're a jazz dancer you're at U- Utah too right yeah the Utah Jazz okay I mean uh, University and of the Utah. University of Utah yes okay <laughs> um, got her bachelor's degree yeah yes Uh, I got my bachelor's degree at the University of Utah in human development and family Mm -hmm. studies and I absolutely loved it okay yeah Uh, I guess uh, I guess introduce those are the things I kind of know but like introduce yourself (laughs) and yeah of course Uh, hi everyone I'm Erica Lauti I am a small town girl from Midway Utah I grew up in Midway and I loved growing up there in the little country town. I have six siblings. I have a wonderful mother. My dad passed away. I currently work in Denver and I'm living in Denver part-time and yeah. commuting back to Utah to see my husband every once in a while. <laughs> yeah, how, how does that work? Because like, you two are like on really busy schedules, uh, not that totally. he's in... Major League Rugby, where he's gone every weekend, and now, and you travel to Denver, you live in Utah, Harriman area, Yes. and it's like, you two are traveling so much, how do you guys make time to, I guess, to, to be together? Totally. It is way hard living in Denver part-time and commuting to Utah, but you just kind of make it work. I think you put what's most important in your life first and we always find time for each other even if it's over a FaceTime day mm-hmm. or a phone call we always make it work but we're kind of blessed that both of our seasons are not overlapping so his yeah. season ends in July and mine kind of begins in June July anyways and so he's able to attend all my NFL games so that's kind of fun Um, It kind of spices up our marriage, you know, we keep it fun. He comes out to Denver and I come home to Utah when I can, so Mm -hmm. it's pretty fun. Yeah, it's kind of weird thinking about that. It's like Denver's basically your your home. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, well, this is your home here too. Totally. You got a house here in Harriman and 
it's kind of funny. It's like you you commute to Utah, but like. But living in like, Denver for the football season. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so I guess tell us, like, growing up, like, dance was a big thing that we talked about earlier. You, like, I guess, how did that, like, you, you like dancing, but like, like, how did that, would you say your pat, like, you love dancing? It's Yes, I absolutely it. love like, it. I feel like dancing has totally been a healing thing for me in my life. It's totally who I am and has mm -hmm. formed me into the woman I am today. Everything that I am, I always feel like I can relate back to dancing. You know, growing up, I started dancing when I was about three years old. My mom brought me into my first tap class and my coach was Carolyn Farr. She's this fiery redhead lady. She's a legend in Wasatch County. And she got me into tap dancing and I absolutely loved it and fell in love with it. And then kind of grew from there. I got into Wasatch Dance Center. It was a studio in in Heber City. Yeah. And I grew up dancing in the studio forever, very competitively. And I loved every minute of that until I was about 16. And I, I thought to myself, oh, I really want to get involved into high school and be more social and be more involved because studio dancing growing up really takes over your life. Mm -hmm. And it's very competitive. And so in high school, I started doing cheer and drill team and I fell in love with that and my drill team I again fell Carolyn Farr was my coach with drill team so oh wow so you she, had her yeah I had her since I was like little and then came back to her second mom basically, yeah and huh? then came back to her when I was in high school working with the drill team and she helped me um, really perform well and kind of put the idea into my mind that I could go places with dancing and she's like you know erica you're really good at this like you could go places and she really believed in me and that was a huge person and inspiration in the dance world for me and she helped me try out for the utah state scholarship the sterling scholarship pageant and mm -hmm. i tried out for it and i won the whole state of utah and got a scholarship to several colleges in utah and i chose to go to the university of utah that's where my dad had kind of helped me feel like that was the right place for me and he'd been building a lot of the facilities up there and he was a Utah fan and I just loved the U and I I loved Salt Lake City and I knew he was down there every day so I thought the University of Utah was a great fit for me and so I went to audition for the University of Utah yeah. for their dance team and that worked out and I made the team and I was shocked because I was kind of like the first person out of Wasatch County to mm -hmm. dance in college and to really go for those dreams and pursue those dreams and so I made the University of Utah dance team that kind of kicked off my older more professional yeah. dance career <laughs> and so I remember I don't know if you remember the first time we met was uh, a crimson night do you remember that <laughs> yes <laughs> those good old crimson nights <laughs> it was funny because me I don't know if it was like it was me a high school buddy of mine George and Nata, and we're dressed up as construction workers. Yes. And then I, I think, remember all your shirts off. <laughs> I think Whitney, one of your, you were with two other girls too, Whitney, and I forgot who it, the other one was. Probably Safari. <laughs> okay. No, I knew Safari. Yeah. She went to high school. There was some other, like, little short blonde girl. Yeah, Emily. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. But, like, I think she came up, and she's like, where is uh, this? And I'm like, 
then I was like thinking like she actually thinks we work here <laughs> like we're doing construction here or something here's a real construction <laughs> <Yeah>. that's hilarious <laughs> then then like eventually we just started talking then like I want to I think Nata was dating someone else at that time yeah he was then like I came back home and I noticed he was dating you and I was like that's the girl from Crimson Night <laughs> <laughs> but like we actually like became good friends in the process too totally. which like um, I talked with Nata about it after his interview uh, about like how he mentioned like sales is like relatable to like everything in life absolutely and uh, i forgot to mention on the podcast was like the biggest closing sale was you guys (laughs) getting married getting married finally getting married after seven years six years of dating so Mm -hmm. it was a big i'm sure like on our side I know he got some heat. Like, dude, hurry up and get married already. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Like, it's a Utah thing, I guess. So, Definitely a Tongan and a Utah yeah, thing. Yeah, true. <laughs> and so what about on your side? How is it like? Where it's like, yeah, Absolutely. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so glad we dated for as long as we did. Uh-huh. You know, I think in life, everybody's timing is different. Everybody's journey is so different and ours was very special it was very hard but it was very special and I think that's what makes us unique in our relationship and what works for us is that we're always our genuine true selves and we're true to who we are and what we believe in and we're the type of couple that believes in each other and we really push each other if Natha has a crazy goal or a crazy dream I tell him you better go after that (laughs) and he does the same to me and we just continue to do that I'm like hey babe I'm gonna go try out for Broncos cheerleaders tomorrow and he's like all right you go for it babe you got this and that's kind of just the relationship we have we always no matter what anybody says or their judgments it doesn't matter to us all that matters is that we're happy and we're happy together and Mm -hmm. you know we're not worried about other people's opinions because in the end it's just you your spouse and the lord at the end of the night yeah i was thinking like like you guys got married it's like because a lot of people think like once you get married it's settling down time totally yeah it's like with you it's like like me personally, I was like, oh man, she's going back out with Denver. Like yeah. me, I would like, because I started to think in my own views or like, Absolutely. oh man, I can't imagine Kaylani being gone and blah, blah, blah. Totally. And it's like, but I'm just like with you guys, I know like she doesn't stop me from pursuing my goals and stuff too. And it's like, if like when dancing makes you happy, you're really passionate about it. Yes. And it's like, you want your significant other to help like you don't want it would cause more trouble if he were to say like you need to stay absolutely and i think that's what made me truly realize and be so appreciative of tonata is that he allowed me to be me he Mm -hmm. gave me the wings to fly and he gave me everything to be confident in who i was and he never questioned what i was doing and he never questioned my goals or my dreams he always supported that and i think that's huge in a relationship is -hmm. support and love and unconditional love to say hey i'm gonna be here no matter what no matter if you fail if you succeed if you if you commit to each other yeah yeah, and being super loyal to each other is very important okay is that the 
Okay. Um, yeah, that's a good point. When like going through dates, uh, I know not that I was taking some heat on his side. You were probably were too, and like just the commitment was there, um, and totally. still is there. Um, I guess when you guys were dating, so you guys went through a lot of stuff. Not typical things people like especially like death on both sides of the family yeah death Tonata's like, sister passed away Kathy yeah were you guys dating at that time too or just kind of it was right off? before yeah. yeah he had just come home on his mission um he actually left his mission both his mother was bald and Kathy was bald and he yeah. didn't know if he's gonna come back to either of them being alive and you know Kathy waited for him for a couple months and then she passed and then our little sweet girl Salote passed away recently and I also lost my my dad to colon cancer a couple years ago and Tonata really stuck by me through that hard time and that really affected our relationship mm -hmm. and kind of triggered my anxiety and depression after my dad passed away and I really struggled with panic attacks and severe anxiety and depression and kind of lost sight for a little bit and was in a really dark place but I had somebody that really stuck by me and really pushed yeah. me and helped me become better and we had counseling and therapy and energy healing and I feel like using all those tools the Lord gives us is very important in becoming healthy and strong again mm -hmm. and so like that shows commitment going through counseling and therapy mm -hmm. as just dating you know absolutely yeah married yet like that shows a lot of like he's willing to stick and stay definitely and, and I think it showed a lot about his character you know him growing up in Tonga and you know in the Polynesian culture depression anxiety I don't feel like is very talked about a whole lot you know mental illness is kind of a foreign deal in that world and so for him yeah. it was totally foreign and he had to be very patient and very willing to work with me and through my anxiety and depression and the effects it had on our relationship and I feel like that just says a lot about him as a as a human being and how like do you still kind of struggle with it now absolutely I mean it wasn't as bad as it was because I went through so much healing yeah and emotional emotional healing um but I think you deal with it on a day-to-day -day basis, especially mm -hmm. like panic attacks or, you know, sometimes you can't help those panic attacks, you know. Yeah. And anxiety and depression is a chemical imbalance. And, you know, you're just learning about yourself every day. I feel like always trying to become better, always trying to make the right decisions and be positive and be optimistic. And I never thought in a million years I would struggle with anxiety and depression because I'm a very positive and upbeat radiant person and I'm never down but it's just so much more than mm -hmm. that it, there's so much more deeper rooted issues that people don't realize go on and have to deal with and you know mine had kind of stemmed with my dad and I also struggled with an eating disorder when I was younger I struggled with a severe eating disorder when I was about nine years old until I was 18 so I struggled yeah. with that all through all through growing up you know, and so there's a lot of those deep-rooted issues, you know, that kind yeah. of played a role into into that. And I was just, like, with that, like, 
it's kind of like because you're a happy like so positive person and it's weird like um like you kind of struggle with those thoughts to anxiety mm -hmm. and depression where it's like if somebody were to hang out with you ever they'll never see that yeah like, they would never know and a lot of people kind of wear that mask especially um when they have to like when you look at a cheerleader dancing mm -hmm. like they're all smile the biggest smiles on their faces <laughs> totally i swear it's like glued on sometimes yeah. and it's like um a lot of people don't see that like the deeper struggle they have uh, i know one of my friends um just a mutual friend um he grew up with a friend mookie in riverton he recently committed suicide and mm -hmm. he was a long distance runner at utah state this guy was like always so happy yeah just and, super like, successful and like mookie grew up with him and he never knew like none of the friends like wow since grade school they were close friends and none of them like ever knew like that was like he was something struggling and like totally and i i feel like it's hard for people to come out and speak out about it mm -hmm. and it's unfortunate because there's such a negative limelight and but it's not there's nothing to be ashamed of there's nothing yeah. to be afraid of you know and that's what i'm willing to do is be a positive platform of having the courage to speak out about it and having the courage to talk about it and discuss it with people and you know be an example and an advocate for it that you can get through it that you can deal with it and have a support system and loved ones can help you and they will be there for you if you are vulnerable and mm -hmm. talk about it because if yeah. you don't talk about it people won't know about it and it yeah, took true. me a long time my parents didn't know about my eating disorder until i was 18 years old they had no idea their entire my entire existence growing up that it had occurred you know and then i finally got caught being a stupid teenager but it was a blessing i got caught yeah. you know and then i went to an eating disorder home in provo and that was the biggest blessing of my life because somebody else intervened in my life and did something about it when i didn't see the light at the end of the tunnel somebody else helped me and i feel like that's huge in life is not judging a person and really going out of your way and just seeing a person as God sees them mm -hmm. through his eyes. Because you never know what somebody is going through. You never know what they're dealing with that day or that week or that year or yeah. five years, you know? So it's not our purpose to judge people, to, to say who they are, to say who they're not. You know, I think we're just here to be to love each other and to help each other yeah that's a good point like with me i love like my whole family we love to joke around like, yeah <laughs> a little bit too much like i'm sure it gets on my wife's nerves it might get on your <laughs> nerves too when you're trying to be serious and yeah not that's probably just goofing around <laughs> um but just being aware on like people have down days mm -hmm. and sometimes they do look for just that one thing to confirm like whatever they're thinking um good or bad you know mm -hmm. like sometimes even life and death like it's crazy how 
words have that effect and like and even like if you're struggling through it you gotta say something like honestly you have to definitely and like you being open about it that I guess the problem cannot be addressed if it's never like or solved the problem cannot be solved if it's never addressed absolutely and that also reminds me there's um one of my favorite books by T.D. Jakes. He's um, one of Oprah's preachers. He's a, mm-hmm. an amazing preacher. He has a book called Destiny. And in it, he talks about how if you're not fulfilling your destiny, something's wrong. Yeah. And I knew something was wrong with me and I wasn't being fulfilled in life because he says where your destiny lies is where your passion is. And where your passion is, your destiny is. Yeah. And I, I stopped dancing for a couple years after I was with the Arizona Cardinals. And that's kind of when I fell really heavily into my anxiety and depression. And, you know, I was really struggling after my dad had passed away and it was kind of affecting my relationships. I was really pulling away from the world, you know, being really hard on myself. And I, and I realized it was because I wasn't fulfilling my destiny. I wasn't I was playing a role in my anxiety mm-hmm. and depression as well. and You're kind of letting it Yeah, I, I was letting you. myself go and I was letting it control me. And that's a huge reason why I tried out for the Broncos. Um, because I knew it was something that could help me heal. And that's why I say dancing is a huge healing process for me. Because I'm good at it. I love it. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm natural. I'm able to be an empowering woman to those around me and those little girls around me that see me dancing because I can help them know that any dream is possible by using being an NFL and professional cheerleader to the best of my ability and that's what Broncos did for me when I made it as soon as I made it it was crazy because I had this overwhelming feeling of like this is meant for you this Mm -hmm. is who a part of you and supposed to be in your life's journey and I had this really strong feeling to go and try out for Denver and I did and I made it and it's weird how the Lord always just has a better plan for you he always has something so much greater than you see yourself doing and I felt that it was my time of healing and Broncos reminded me of who I was as a woman what I was capable capable of and that I could do hard things again because it is a dang hard process to make it Mm -hmm. and it is a hard process to be in you know you're learning so many dances you're competing you're interviewing you're taking football exams you know you're getting tested on dancing and it's just an incredible journey and it's a very difficult but rewarding journey you know nothing yeah how was that that um those tryout process because you it's crazy yeah Yeah. I just finished auditioning for my second season with the Broncos and you know it depends on year to year a couple hundred girls show up and then you learn a a dance piece and you get tested on that and then you learn another one and you get tested on that and then they choose finalists to take you through audition week and you know then if you are a finalist you have to take a a hundred foot a hundred question football exam and then you have an interview and then you learn more dances and then you get tested more and then the yeah. final night is kind of like a pageant uh-huh. and you have like a big um 
a big show, a big finals show. And so it's a pretty crazy process making the team and then staying on the team and you know, keeping your spot and you always have to be on your A game and yeah. always be a representative and, a, and an example in your life and outside of Broncos. Um, always, because there's always somebody looking at you. You know, there's always somebody that is looking up to you. And I feel like if you're always doing the best that you can do, then you're serving your purpose. And um, with me, like sports especially rugby has been like a huge part of life it's something like yeah. passionate about um basically high school kept us busy you know mm -hmm. kept us out of trouble but it's something like me and my brothers got really good at not those playing pro mm -hmm. and like with me i just came to like a crossroads where like it kind of like it's funny because uvu i was super passionate about it um, like UVU was a D2 school basically and my goal was somehow to get D1 yeah and I know we needed some better admin and better coaches which it's good being a club team because the school the students are in charge of that mm -hmm. and so like we had to get like get rid of two coaches while I was there and we eventually my senior year we I basically accomplished the goal we ended up That's being awesome ranked 20th like going from d2 unranked and then being ranked 20th in the country and then i was hurt i got hurt the last very last game oh shoot and like but it was luckily it's the it was the ending i finished the game mm -hmm. um but then i i shifted and started the pest control company but like in my mind i kind of like i still love rugby i still want to play yeah, it's hard like, to kidding give up. Me. It's hard to yeah, and not do it. And then it's I'm thinking like it was something I had to kind of give up and still like debating like to this day where it's like I need to yeah. kind of go full go like with your business, with the business. Yeah, totally. and I guess when it comes to that day, I know like you can dance, but you can't like you can't do it forever. You can't do it forever. Totally. So what's your where do you see this going? You know, I see this going um, after I want after I finish um, dancing in the NFL. I just want to be a mentor and a coach mm -hmm. and somebody that little dancers look up to. You know, because that's what I had. The idea of me dancing in the professional world came from my coach Jamie, Jamie Plot. She still currently coaches at the University of Utah. She ch she danced for the Chargers and she kind of sparked that idea for me and mm -hmm. I want to be that for other women. I want to be an example and a coach and show girls their worth and be a mentor to young women. And I feel like you can always do that throughout your life. And that's mm -hmm. kind of my next step after I finish up dancing. Yeah. It's a good plan. Yeah. <laughs> and like even being a cheerleader, like you love to travel yeah like how many uh, i would say how many countries have you been to oh gosh i think i lost track i think i'm up to like 28 countries uh-huh so hopefully we'll get those numbers up even more <laughs> yeah and even being a cheerleader you 
was it you went to like a cricket international thing like yes yeah, yeah. i was dancing in india for, for for a couple months we were dancing for the ipl the indian premier league cricket's uh -huh. so famous outside of the u.s yeah and it's so famous people like worship cricket in india mm -hmm. and we went there to dance on their tv show for it was like ESPN India, basically. And That's so we funny. were dancing on their TV show for a couple months. <laughs> yeah, and even like you, with the, like passionate about traveling and dance, you basically accomplish two birds, one stone, basically, where you got really Definitely. good at dancing and it kind of helped you get out too. Absolutely. And, you know, I think that's where positive affirmations come in and writing down your goals and your dreams mm -hmm. and really visualizing that because I always visualized myself dancing and traveling the world and that's exactly what I'm doing and that's exactly what dancing has given me yeah is those two things together and which is massive if you you have to dream it up and visualize it and then the universe will put it in your life and it will happen if you truly believe and work yeah. hard for it you know mm -hmm. and so with me like starting off basically zero with the pest control and first year did pretty good this year looking to get over 100 grand but like that's more than I ever made with any regular job totally and I think I was like looking past like before like the most I ever made was like 20 grand one year mm -hmm. which is pretty bad <laughs> it's like it's whatever but then like just jumping, committing into doing the business. And But one thing you said that stuck out was writing down your goals and those affirmations. It starts off with like, like with me, I write them every more. I try to write them every morning and every night because it's like you can It's a way of meditating, too, when you're it thinking really about is. it. It really is. Yeah. And it's like, now you picture yourself in that spot. It's like, okay. Yeah, you have to picture I have it. 100, I have a hundred uh, sales reps under me. We have a big sales force like that. Definitely. And then it's like, then I imagine how that looks. And then imagine how many clients that's going to be. And imagine like what I can do with that. Like how many jobs I'm providing and how I'm providing for my family. And not just for my family, is for like community effect too. Absolutely. And so with you in the future, you are a professional dance dancer right now. And it seems like your goal is to kind of emulate the teachers mm -hmm. like before you, who, Jamie, and what was the redhead one? <laughs> Carolyn Farr. Carolyn Farr. <laughs> and like... I guess like they have been pretty big mentors for you like yeah. growing up and I guess when because we talked about it before like there's not too much out here like there's a big opportunity like especially when you have like like your dance skills you know mm -hmm. and like doing that what would you I guess like what's your takeaway and what do you try to imply from like those figureheads and examples from your dance teachers, even from your parents. Yeah, and another huge um, mentor and influence on me right now is my current coaches with the Broncos. Mm -hmm. They're unbelievable women. They're very go-getter. They're very powerful. 
and my takeaway is just to always stay true to the woman that I am and to always keep progressing and always keep going, always pushing through. And they really teach us right now to stand up, stand up as women. Don't let men take advantage of you as a woman. Don't let those around you take advantage of you and to be strong and powerful and have a voice and to speak out. You know, yeah. right now, especially in today's society, you know, a lot of women have been or mistreated, you know, and so equality is so important. And another takeaway is just to always be an example and, and to inspire those and use your platform for good. Yeah. You know, I feel like me being especially a Latter-day Saint member in the NFL world, it's very rare. Mm -hmm. And I felt very strongly when I made the team that this is my time to be a missionary, you yeah. know, this is my time to be an example and to mm -hmm. spread a lot of light and joy off of being a Latter-day Saint. And, you know, that's been a huge, it's been a huge missionary experience for me being in Denver and being in the NFL. You know, I get a lot of questions like, yeah. what are those weird undies you're wearing? Or yeah. like, what is this? <laughs> What's that? You don't drink, you don't yeah. have sex outside. You know, it's like, it's very interesting for people to question that and to mm -hmm. learn about it and to also stand up for your beliefs. And that's been a huge platform for me is just always staying true to who you are and your, yeah. and your family and, you know, wearing your name well. Mm -hmm. And so I guess when you say that, like, that's a big poly, Polynesian, like, it's big in a lot of, like, cultures, mm -hmm. where it's, like, your name. And, like, mm -hmm. your name. what does it mean to you? And what do you think of when, like, wearing your name well? Well, since I have a new name, um, Lauti, I, it means everything to me. It means something that Tonata and I can create our own world and create our own name. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's very important is creating your own family name and setting a high bar and a high standard for your future children and your future family. And never bringing shame upon your family and your name. Yeah. I feel like that's so massive. And that goes back to just being like every day, a good person. Yeah. You never know who's watching and just always, you know, trying to be the best version of yourself always. Yeah. I think that's like me at a young age. So in junior high, that's when I first started playing rugby. And a lot of people know who Larry Gelwix is. And a big thing he would always just kind of, he would say uh, basically every day, there's just one rule for this team, and it's don't do anything that will embarrass you, your team, and your family. Yeah, I love that. And it's like, it, it all comes down to decision making, where it's like, if you think of that before you make a decision, it's like, am I going to regret this? Yeah, <laughs> like, absolutely. And every decision you make affects somebody else, Yeah, you know? Mm -hmm. It's so much more than just you. You know, that, that's your family's name, your mom, your dad, your brother, sister. That's their name, too, that the decisions you make and the things that you do in life, it it can affect them as well. And I feel like it's good to open your eyes to that. Yeah. And um, so with you, you're, you're what number are you out of six kids? I'm number four. So I have three older brothers. Three older <laughs> brothers. Then last. Then you have a younger yep, brother. Yeah, I have a too. little sister and a little brother. OK, yeah. Yeah. So how was it growing up? Because they all wrestled, yeah? Yeah, all my brothers were state champions and were really hardcore wrestlers. And 
all wrestled in college and they were just amazing so they actually set a really high platform for me and my younger siblings and I I kind of saw them that they were being successful and really mm-hmm. working hard and you know were really doing great things with their life so I, I took that and ran with it and I said hey I'm going to be like that and I'm going to be better and I'm going to go professional and did I'm going to push myself and I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to do this too. <laughs> did they ever did you ever try to wrestle when you were younger? Yes. <laughs> My dad actually put me into little wasp wrestling and I beat a couple boys, but I, I'd cry my eyes out and say, take me yeah. out. Yeah. <laughs> my sister Anna was the same because so she is stuck. She has, so in her position, she is the 10th. Yeah, she's the 10th. But there's three older boys and there's three younger girls. So she's sandwiched she's in between. sandwiched in the middle. Yeah, and so... She, I think she had like two years or maybe one year wrestling, but she's like super <laughs> tough. Like No wonder she's so yeah, tough. But she'll like have tears, but she's like, <laughs> I don't know if it's angry tears or like, just she's like, oh, it. this kind of hurts. <laughs> like kind of hurtful tears, but like she was, she's tough, still is tough. It's awesome. Um, I guess in closing, um, what is, I guess if you could take two things of what you learned, like through your dance experience, uh, two lessons um, that basically gave you your confidence, gave you your, like, drive to dance, like, what are, like, two lessons, it could be from any teacher, like, that's, that just hits you hard, and, like, you kind of... Yeah. You know, I think my biggest lesson is one thing my dad always told me growing up is never quit never give up Mm -hmm. and just keep pushing hard and working through things you know I feel like if you just endure to the end and you always the sun will always rise in the morning no matter how hard your night is or no matter how hard your goal or your dream seems so far away as long as you take that risk and take that leap of faith and know that the Lord will catch you and that he will give you those massive wings to fly that you didn't know that you had that it will work out for your best good and life always always works out way better than you thought it ever would yeah and there's always a bigger plan and there's always something so much bigger than just you so not thinking about yourself and just always thinking about others there's such a grander bigger picture than just you you know there's so many things that play into role and to never give up and to work hard you know because no dream comes easy and if you work hard and do your best you know something will happen something good will happen yeah and so just in that too just if you work hard and just like just not have your will for sale mm-hmm. like basically like don't quit you'll eventually stumble upon your goal like yeah absolutely and so um so and into um, what are some ways if somebody is like kind of trying to reach out to you like you know maybe I'm struggling through eating disorder or like some kind of depression anxiety like how would and they're trying to reach out Definitely. I guess how would they be able to reach you for that to some little more support yeah absolutely I'm so open to people emailing me or messaging me on Facebook or mm-hmm. if they just want to me on Instagram like I would love to help anybody who's struggling and 
you know, I've had a wonderful counselor in Draper, Utah. She's fabulous, you know, but mm -hmm. I think the first step is like admitting that you have a problem, admitting that like you might have something wrong with you and, you know, being vulnerable enough to reach out to somebody to help you. Yeah. You know, it's never too late. It's never too late to change and it's never too late to have help. You know, and I think one thing that helped me too was also reading, you know, reading yeah. good books, reading the Book of Mormon, realizing that the Lord and the atonement can help you heal and that God will be there for you, you know, and he's usually carrying you when you don't feel him around or when you feel like no one's there or like no one's helping you, you know, he's usually carrying you in those yeah. moments in those hard moments and the Lord will never leave you comfortless. And I feel like no matter what, just keep your faith and trust in the Lord and it will work out. Mm -hmm. And I'm here to help too. <laughs> All right. And so when, whenever Eric has be done dancing and we're getting ready for that next <laughs> phase to become a teacher or the dance master, <laughs> stay tuned for that. And so, <laughs> could be next year could be five years or... yeah i guess we'll see where the journey takes me thanks for having me Kevin. Yeah. all right thanks erica thank you probably just edit that out i know uh... thank you guys for listening to the limelight podcast with erica today um, hope you guys were able to take away a few lessons that she shared throughout her, her life and stuff she experienced. The big takeaway for me was I don't understand too much about depression. It's a thing that kind of fascinated me. I've been studying about it lately. And a big thing is not just relying on the medication. As she shared, she was not just doing that, but also she built a support system, sought counseling um, and as well the biggest thing that she said was attacking her goals and accomplishing them and she was able to bounce back after losing her her dad um, etc into the, this depression state that through her support system and through her goals and achieving them she was able to cope with it and keep on moving forward and progression is key uh, for those who are struggling with that. Um, and please reach out. You can reach out to Erica. Reach out online. Um, please share this podcast as well. And I encourage you guys. Just keep moving forward. And be great. Thank you.